Amen. Let's pray. Oh, oh, that's a spirit. It's just, it's just coming. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for John. We thank you for the word that you've put upon his heart. And as he shares this now, Lord, will you give us ears to hear, but also our hearts to be open to you, that you might minister to us your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see you all. How is everyone? Oh, thanks, Marcus. Good. Um, it's, Christmas is upon us, and, uh, and the cold is getting colder. If only there was a nice beach somewhere that we can get nice and hot. And, uh, well, I'm going there next week. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but this morning, I'm talk- we're starting this series, and the, the title of the series is a, a, it's a Better Story. And um, because we have a better story to tell, and there's a story that's told in the world, in society, and, uh, but there is another story, and we have a story. It's good news, um, and it's a good story to tell. And I'm, I'm glad that the young people are with me. Um, so, um, and it's a good story for them to know as well. And, uh, and we've broken it down into four, four points. Uh, hope, I don't know what comes next, joy, peace, joy, and then love. So, uh, um, but I want to tell you a story because I'm going to talk about hope. And uh, some might be thinking now, I hope John's not going to be too long. As my son asked me uh, last night, how long are you going to be, Dad? And I said, I will be as long as I will be, darling. He said, well, how many pages have you written? I said, about four. <laughs> four? <laughs> um, so, bless him. What size font did you write? <laughs> yes. Well, it has to be a bit bigger these days because I don't I need glasses. Anyway, I want to tell you a story. There were two, uh, a set of identical twins. And one of them was particularly, they were, they were alike in every way, except for one of them. It's a bit like Joel and Noah. We, who knows which one is which still. Even Seb sometimes, no, he does. Of course he does. They were so alike. But one was a real, like, real hope-filled optimist, um, really positively minded. And the other one was, um, you know, I don't know, what is it, a dark pessimist? I don't know what's the opposite to, to that. I only ever saw the downside of life. And, and the parents were a bit worried about this. And they, they were really worried because they were quite extreme. One was really, really positive, and the other one was really, really negative. And so the, the doctor said, right, on Christmas Day, um, give the pessimist uh, a shiny new bike, top-of-the-range new bike. Uh, for the optimist, give them a pile of, of manure. Um, uh, that's for the young people. That's cow um, excrement. <laughs> we don't say. Who said that? <laughs> a big pile of manure. Anyway, so they thought that's really extreme, but we want to do, you know, what's right. Let's follow the doctor's advice. So Christmas came, and they ran to get their presents. Opened up the present. The uh, the, the the pessimist opened up this bike. Saw this top of the range bike. Best thing that any kind of child could ever want. And the and the first words were. Oh, I'll probably crash and break my leg. And then the, the optimist um, opened up this box, opened it up, and in there was this pile of manure. And he just got up and he ran out screaming. He said, you can't fool me. Where there's this much manure, there's bound to be a pony out here somewhere. And he goes running out uh, to find it. You see, hope is, a, is often the word that is, we use it. You know, I hope it snows at Christmas. I hope I get the presents that I want. I hope... You know, almost like, if you like, well, not almost, it's, 
you know, maybe there are certain things that we can have great desires of the future, hope one day to travel the world on a yacht, go round or whatever. Uh, I, you know, I hope one day that I will go to Australia. Am I really rubbing that in? Uh, I do apologise, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't apologise, but um, I do. Um, I, but what we really mean is this, I wish so-and-so would happen. It's, if I wish, you know, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that everything, like, whether the, you know, I hope this, whether Brexit turns out this way and that the money goes this way and, you know, I hope a, a pigeon flies in through, you know, uh, the, whatever. When you thought, I was thinking, which one is it? Dirk or Teo wants a stuffed pigeon. <laughs> and, I, and I saw Dirk's face and he... Uh, but we have this kind of like, almost like just having a positive expectation is what we mean by hope. And I want to tell you that that is not the hope that the Bible teaches. It is a completely different hope. And, uh, and it's more encouraging, I think, that, to find this hope. And, um, and when we look at the Christmas story, and the, the bit that I'm going to read today, hope is mentioned, but the word hope isn't mentioned. All right? So I'm just going to read it. Um, if you have a Bible, you can follow it, but you can just listen. It's Matthew 1, 18 to 23. And it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a, a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So this man Joseph, he's engaged to be married to this young girl Mary, and then he finds that she's pregnant. And so the proper way would be that you would divorce the girl. It's a bit different rules back then, although they're not properly married yet. They kind of are and all this kind of thing. But you would, and he was thinking, well, I'll just do it quietly because I don't want to put her to shame. But then the angel said, no, this is special. This is a miraculous moment. God is sending his son and your Mary is going to bring birth to this son. And, uh, but in this last bit we read, and it says... Um, as quoted from the, uh, uh, however many years said beforehand by Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And I, what I want to present to you this morning is God with us is a very good definition of the word hope. That's my message. So young people, if you do switch off, Joshua, you remember that bit? I will test you later. See, the other thing I want to tell you this is without hope, we can never truly live. Um, and, uh, you know, hope for the future, hope of an expectation, a hope that it's not too hot on the beach on Christmas Day, 
Um, I, I hope that, you know, maybe a job interview, I hope it goes well. I hope that this uh, problem gets sorted out or I hope that when I'm older, this, that. But hope doesn't just relate to the future. Hope has a very powerful impact today. And, and uh, there was a, I want to show this, story, uh, this picture. I don't know if we can turn some of the lights down, off, because I've got a picture. Look at this. This is an underwater uh, town, city, whatever it is. Fantastic. That's a real picture. But I want to tell you a story of a... You can, um, you can leave them off because I'm going to show a video later, actually. Thanks, Marcus. Um, there's, there's a story of this flooded town. You know, sometimes in order to create a reservoir, they, they build a dam and then uh, they fill that up with water and anything in that valley is covered in water. And there was this village, um, or a town really, and um, they knew in six months' time or a year's time that the, as they were building this dam, eventually they would flood that valley and they would flood that town, and that town would be completely covered up in water. And what happened was that they, um, as uh, it, over that time went by, people started to think, well, the, the windows need a little bit of paint, but what's the point? The door's falling off the wall, well, what's the point? The roof's got a hole in it, but what's the point? And in the end, the town became so dilapidated, is that the word? Uh, so broken, so... Um, so ruined, if you like, that, that it was almost created this picture of what it's like when you have no hope. You see, if you've got no hope for the future, if you lose your hope for the future, you stop developing or growing or uh, investing in the present. And much like a, a flooded town, you know, where there is no hope, someone once said, there is no, no, where there is no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. Um, is it too dark for you? All right, because I will have some, a video later that's quite dark. But. See, as Christians, we should people, be people of hope. 1 Peter 3.15 Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. See, Daniel earlier on could have said, you know, right, okay, um, Carmen, come and give a reason for the hope that is within you. And then and maybe we could go around, oh, Timo, come and give a reason for the hope that is within you. That's what Peter's saying. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Not for the, uh, the story of what happened yesterday, uh, which is fantastic and it's encouraging. Not because of what God did yesterday, but what about the stories of the hope that you have for the future? You know, I, I, we, we have all different types of hope. Um, and here's a quote that I kind of like, I got off someone else, but um, I quite like. It says this, Far from being a simple wish for the future with no guarantee that it will come about, i.e. the hope that often we understand in a, in a, if you like, more of a society understanding, Christian hope is the presence of God's love in the person of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to say that again, and because this is what I want us to build a picture of. Far from being a simple wish for the future with no guarantee that it will come about, Christian hope is the presence of God's love in the person of Jesus Christ. So because he, God with us, Emmanuel, because Jesus came into the world that first Christmas day, although they didn't call it Christmas day back then, um, when he first came into because he is present with us, we have hope. 
See, Jesus, God with us. This is what C.S. Lewis has said. A continual, because some people might say, oh, um, there's, a, there's a phrase, um, so heavenly minded, no earthly good. I don't know if you know. You know, they've got their head in the clouds. They're, they're useless for today because they're always thinking about tomorrow. You know, if we always think about hope for tomorrow, well, there's things going on today that are important. Well, what about the things today? What about the, the, the very practical things when you lose, you know, your car keys have been stolen, you don't have your PIN number, you can't get access to your money, or so-and-so is sick, or this and that is going wrong, and all these kind of things. What on earth is going on with Brexit? These things are going on today. I'm sure you'll lie awake at night thinking of Brexit. I don't, but... Um, but all these things are very present today. But what has hope got to do with that? And this is the point. Hope does have something about the future, and this is what C.S. Lewis says, um, but it is power for today. And C.S. Lewis, if you know C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia books, has written some great Christian uh, books as well. well. Narnia was a Christian book. Uh, a he said this, a continual looking forward to the eternal world, that is, not just in the future, but even in the ages to come, heaven, all, all these kind of things. Um, looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just... Uh, those who thought most of the next. In other words, they had such a vision and an understanding and a hope for what God, who God is and what he's doing and what he's doing in the future and where we're going in the future when we go to be with him for eternity. They were so convinced by that, it completely transformed how they lived their life today. See, we have a hope because our hope is not on the basis of random things happening, but because Jesus, because it is on Jesus Christ himself. Like when we know him and that he is active and he is alive and he is working, that he came to be present with me now in my life now, then I know that everything in my life is wrapped up in him. I'm not waiting for everything to fall into place. It is all in him so my hope is in him. So we read that in the Bible, Psalm 71, verse 5. For you, O Lord, are my hope. You are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O Lord, from my youth, Joshua. <laughs> I can pick on him because he's my nephew. And this is the gospel, isn't it? You know, because he has come, because he was first born into this world, he grew, he went to the cross. We were singing about this earlier. He came to take away the sin of the world. He came to be that sacrifice that we could never, we could never get out of our dark pit. Um, but he died, he rose from the dead three days later, spent time with his disciples, he ascended back up into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to come and dwell within us, and it says, um, because he poured out his love into our hearts. So not only did Jesus come physically, he's come now in to us, for, through the, literally in us, if we receive him. And that's where hope comes along. And this is the thing about, you know, because he lives, because he is, again, Daniel mentioned, he, uh, we have been raised with him in Christ. First, he's been raised up above everything. All powers, seen and unseen, God is above. Jesus is above. And because he is in, and my hope is in what he is doing and who he is, that's hope. 
I'm not wishing that Jesus would do something. All my hopes are in him because I know that he sees everything, he knows everything, he understands everything, he has the power to do anything, and I don't have any of those. I don't understand everything. I don't see everything. I don't have power to do all the things that I I would love to see, but I put my hope in him as a person. Amen? Amen. I thought that was a good, I thought that was good. I think that was worthy of an amen. Romans 5, 3 to 5, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. So from the sufferings to the endurance to keep going, it makes us, um, develops our character. Um, I don't know, who was I saying, who was talking to? Um, in the cafe yesterday, we were just chatting about, you know, kids and, you know, like as parents do. And, um, and about, you know, um, when you didn't really have much and you were just, like these days, the kids, they, they're on their phones all the time and they're not now, which is fantastic. It's good, isn't it? Unless they are, they're just hiding it under their coat or something. <laughs> and we were just talking about this whole thing and we talked about, you know, going to school. I went to, they didn't have a TV when I was, till I was 14 years old and I, and I went to school and people talked about, did you watch that, what's that? And I'm going, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you don't want your kid to be like the odd one out, do you? We was talking about this, but I said, but the thing is, it's character building. And that's the thing parents say when they get you to do things you don't like doing. They say, Joshua, it's character building. Isn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's character building, Ben, when you can't use the Xbox for a week. Not that, he, not that he's been banned from it. Uh, but it's character building when you have to do things that you don't really necessarily like to do. Character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts. God with us, his love poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, the world needs hope, not wishful thinking. Hope, solid, living hope, a Christian hope, a hope in Jesus. Now, I want to tell you a story of three men. Uh, you might not know them, it doesn't matter if you don't. There's one, uh, and uh, they're three Jewish psychiatrists just before World War II. Um, two masters, one was called uh, Sigmund Freud, and the other one was called Alfred Adler, and then this third guy was called Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl was kind of like a, a young guy who was learning off these two masters. And the, this first one, Sigmund Freud, he spent years studying people, understanding what makes us who we are, um, what makes us tick? And he comes to his conclusion that the basic drive in a human being is pleasure. It's for pleasure. Um, and it's our need for pleasure that explains why we do what we do. And that was his big thing. And then the other guy, Alfred Adler, he disagreed. He, he spent many years looking at human behavior. He studied them and he, he, he came to a disagreement. He said, are you convinced that the bottom line explanation for human behavior is power? Um, all of us grow up feeling fear and powerless. Life is a drive to gain control, to have power. So these two disagreed. And this third, this sort of young guy, he was just coming up and all that. Um, and before we really got into his career, World War II happened. Of course, they're free Jews. Did I mention that? Free Jews. The two, the, the famous ones, they got out and they got somewhere safe because they were quite well known. The third one got taken, put in a concentration camp. And in this concentration camp, if you know anything about the concentration camps, they were horrific places, um, and, um, and he lived through it. But he, and in that time, he noticed something very interesting as a prisoner. He noticed that the people who survived were not always the people who were the strongest. 
Um, they weren't the people necessarily you'd expect, you know, the strong people weren't necessarily the ones that survived. In fact, many who were physically strong wasted away and died, while others who were weak physically grew strong and survived. Why? What was it that enabled them to hang on for a living hell? And he reflected on this, and he reflected on the theories of the other two guys, and he thought, well, Freud's pleasure principle, it, it can't explain it. It wasn't a pleasurable environment. And, he, and then he <coughs> thought about the other guy, and he thought, um, well, they, weren't, they didn't have any power, so that couldn't really explain it. They were completely subjugated to these, um, to these uh, German officers. So what could it be? Um, and in the end, he came to this conclusion. He came up with his own theory. He says, the difference between those who survived and those who perished was hope. Those who survived never gave up their belief that their lives had meaning. That despite everything going on around them, it would one day end and they would live meaningful, purposeful lives. What is a basic human drive? The one thing that gives life value, the ability to live with a sense of meaning, not pleasure, not power, meaning. And what I want to sort of add to that story is that that meaning is an awareness is a hope that we are a people made in the image of God for, a mean, for meaning, for purpose, to know him, Jesus. That's what we've been created to be. And I know many of us in this room will say, and that is who we are being, to know Jesus. That's, you know, we celebrate God, we, we worship and we sing these songs because it reminds us of what he's done in order that we may enjoy him personally. Not just sing about what he's done, but to know him. And sometimes we need reminding what he's done to know why we're loving him. But see, it's not pleasure that we need. It's not power that we need, but hope that makes us alive. And it's not just any old hope. And so what does this mean? It means this. The world does not define you. See, what the world says about you or what society box society puts you in is beside the point. It's actually we live our lives in relation to what Jesus is and what he has done. That's what hope is. It's saying Jesus has come into my life. My life and how I look at my life and everything that's going on, hope is not a wishful thinking, all these things. My hope is sure because Jesus is involved in all of these things. And I'm starting to look. My past doesn't define my future anymore because Jesus has come into my present and that determines my future. Um, your hurts and brokenness don't need to restrict you. You don't need anything other than you, who God has made you to be. And that's wonderful. You know, God forbid that we start making ourselves like one another. That's not biblical. That's not Christian. Jesus made us to be like him. So how can we be sure of this help? Because Emmanuel, God is with us. That's the definition of hope. And here's, here's a quote. A wise man once said, We can look with hope to the future because Jesus has come into the present. I quite like that. I think that's very good. Some unknown author. See, if everything's going against you, hope in Jesus. Yeah? If, if, uh, if you're worried about your family, hope in Jesus. If you're concerned about your work, hope in Jesus. Let me tell you some verses from the Bible. Uh, Psalm 15. 
3 verse 5. I'm just going to throw these out to you. And Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Job 5.15. He saves the needy from the sword in their mouth. He saves them from the clutches of the powerful. So the poor have hope and injustice shuts its mouth. Uh, 1 Peter 1.13 Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, the reason we're going to Australia is because my niece Kezia, many will know this story, but some won't, so I'm going to say, is getting married. And, um, and she had a, a terrible car crash some years ago where really she should be dead. And what made me think about this was that uh, or brain damage at least. In the hospital when she was in a coma, the doctors were trying to just sort of maintain the expectations. Now, I remember Michelle saying that someone had spoken this word, something like, when she wakes, she'll move mountains, something like this. Um, and I remember Michelle saying, no, no, she's going to be fine. Because when she wakes, she'll move mountains. And the doctors were like, you know, oh, you just got to manage your head. But she had a hope in Jesus not in whether the doctors had the ability, although they were fantastic, not in how the brain works and how all this kind of thing, not because of anything other than she, all she had, and I'm sure she would tell you, it was in Jesus and what Jesus could do. Her hope was in him. And now we're, get, we're marrying her. And uh, we joke with her sometimes. She asked me twice, and this is a great privilege for me, she's asked me to marry them. And, uh, and she asked me twice, because <laughs> she has some memory loss. You know? uh, and, uh, and I always remind her what she owes me financially as well. And I love to just drop that one in. Um, but, you know, she, she just run 10K the other day. Um, and she's, she's loving God, and she, her hope is in the Lord. And, you know, one day, you know, that, just that thing that Michelle testified, the strength of that was because she had a hope in Jesus. And it's incredible what we can do. I want to just, uh, there's just, just to end really, yeah, I said it, Ben, to end. Look at that, Ben, look. I think it was only about 20 minutes. Um, I want to end with, if, I don't know if anyone knows the story of the, uh, is it Amistad or Amistad? Uh, there, there was a film about a boat that was uh, traveling, a Spanish um, ship that was taking slaves uh, to America, I guess. Um, and it was... Um, uh, they, they got free and they took over the boat and they forced the captain to take them and he took them to America. I don't know where they were going originally. And they were arrested and, they, and this film is a story of um, their sort of court case. And, um, and right at the end, and what I want to show you, and, it, and they're, they're not speaking English, so it's subtitles, so you're going to have to read it. But they, in this sort of prison are two of these slaves, and they have a Bible. And in this Bible, the, they can't read the music, uh, the music, they can't read the, uh, the words, but they're looking at the pictures. And, and I just thought it was a lovely expression of hope. And so I want to end on that. So um, let's, do you know how to do it? The, uh, there you go. Um, that's where we go when we die. It doesn't look that bad. You know, our hope stretches to eternity. Amen? You know, assurance now for eternity is now. And that's because of Jesus. It's not because I've done enough. 
It's not because we've worked hard. It's purely on the basis that he's done everything and I have put in my hope or trust my faith in him. Someone once said, if you haven't got faith, start with hope. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this whole idea of hope. And that, Lord, it's not wishful thinking, but it's trusting you for those things that we have not yet been able to grasp. Lord, for those things that we don't understand. Lord, for those things that we have no control over. Lord, we can put our hope in you. Lord, and you are faithful. You are strong. You are mighty. Lord, there is no one that can get in the way of you doing what you want to do. Lord, and I just want to pray for us all here that we may have that hope. Lord, sure in our hearts, a living hope. Lord, and I thank you that what I see in that when it said that God with us, that's what hope is. Lord, that you are present with me, with us now. And Lord, may we be those who have bowed the knee to you and said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live your way. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. Lord, I don't want to get in the way of your great purposes because I know that your love is incredible and your love for me is very much now. So, Lord, I do just uh, commit this time to you and just thank you. Lord, minister these things. Lord, really help us to remember these things. In Jesus' name, amen.